Hello, my name is Professor Ian Williamson, and I have the great privilege of serving as the Dean of the Palmerage School of Business at the University of California, Irvine. Welcome to another episode of the Dean's Thought Leader Series. Today we have with us Ms. Anushe Oskui. She is the President and Chief Executive Officer of Ship and Shore Environmental. This global organization provides state-of-the-art air pollution abatement equipment. She's heavily involved as well in professional bodies around pollution and the regulations associated with that, and is an active member in our community. She's a trustee of the Farhang Foundation, which played an instrumental role in creating the University of California Irvine Persian Studies Program. Through her efforts around this foundation, they have made great efforts to promote, preserve, and expand and support Persian culture, both in terms of language, arts, and performance. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so very much, uh, Dean Williamson. It was a great pleasure to meet you the other night, and I'm so happy that we had a follow-up visit, and now I get the opportunity of sitting here across from you and um, having a conversation um, about all that there is in our community. So there's many elements and aspects of what you do, which I think is just very fascinating. Uh, what you do in community, what you do more broadly around society and the issue around pollution, but then also what you do in your specific company. So why don't we stop with Ship and Shore Environmental? Uh, maybe a little bit about your background and why you founded this organization. Uh, well, my background is chemical engineering and I um, actually worked for a company named Flor Daniel, which is very uh, familiar to many people that are in the EPC um, arena. And after a number of years of doing um, actual engineering work and eventually to the project side, I uh, realized that I needed to do something more with, um, with my degree and what I could be doing to contribute to, to the world that I live in. Um, the company I joined at the time was doing um, installation of some equipment, but eventually I had an opportunity in year 2000 to um, co-found the company with um, another gentleman that was in the pollution business as well. And we started doing a series of um, design and engineering of state-of-the-art pollution control system, which was 21 years ago. And we just celebrated that. Um, and I think the whole idea behind it was how can we design and engineer and build equipment to the specifications and try to address the bigger problem that we all faced years ago that we knew it existed, but nobody really paid as much attention to it. Um, so the, the idea behind doing environmental work and doing good work was, uh, was the main uh, incentive behind getting into the environmental field. So I, I know you've mentioned that for you, the creation of this organization, this entrepreneurial endeavor, was really a bringing together of not just your technical skill set, your interest and passion around business, but also your personal values around the environment. And I think that's a great way of illustrating how we can use a business opportunity to really bring whole of self to whatever we're doing. Uh, naturally, and that is one of the um, ideas behind any time I'm given the opportunity and a platform to share um, I always bring up the, the fact that you have to remain true to your passion and to what excites you. From early on childhood, I always loved chemistry. It was one of my most favorite subjects. And 
I knew I wanted to do something with it. Um, and that's why I studied the field and eventually worked in the field. Um, and the biggest problem at the time was that I would not see the projects to the end. A lot of time we design things, a great EPC company, but I could never see what we've designed. Um, and this gave me an avenue to, to apply all I knew um, into a, uh, an area where I think is much needed now, back then perhaps not as much. Um, and that staying true to what, what drove me all the time yeah. and the sense of entrepreneurial um, at times, uh, I think brought a good marriage of uh, opening up a company that does amazing work that I think. <laughs> so you mentioned that 21 years, and I know you had a big celebration with your, your team uh, right. recently to celebrate this. 21 years uh, starting your organization, uh, what have been some of the lessons you've learned that have allowed you to have the success over, over two decades? Well, uh, naturally, like anything else, um, is never a straight um, up <laughs> the road uh, of success. You always have your ups and downs. You always have the challenges. And naturally, with our industry, we had major challenges like many others in year 2007, 2008, when the economy was somewhat unstable. And one of the other driving force behind what we do is the administrations in which we operate in because um, some are more pro-environmental initiatives and some are not. So we have always had challenges, but one of the things that has been amazing is really staying focused on it. We're not giving up. We're not going away. Um, this is the air we need to breathe. Um, no one's going to come and do anything for us. So that was one of the um, one of the areas that always kept us going. Um, if I was to talk about all the challenges, we could probably write a book about <laughs> it. But um, truly believing what you do is, is really a key to making sure you stay focused on delivering what you're passionate about. So you mentioned 2007, 2008, the global financial crisis. You made it through that. And of course, your reward for making it through that was to make it to 2020, 2021 <laughs> and um, the pandemic. And all the various, not just the pandemic. I mean, we've had a whole host of other issues that have impacted us over the last 18 to 24 months. Um, how has this impacted your sector today? And what do you see as being some of the things going forward that you'll be preparing your organization to deal with? Well, naturally, getting over the initial shock when we heard the news March 13th, 2020. I never forget that day because um, I was behind trying to put an amazing um, Nauru's Persian New Year concert with Pacific Symphony, which is another organization I'm very involved with here in our community. And a week prior to that, we heard, you know, we are closing down all facilities. Yeah. Then next came, we're closing down companies and we're closing down um, public places. And uh, we were lucky enough to have been able to uh, put in remote access for a lot of the engineers that were working, having remote access because they travel to different sites. We were somewhat remote, but not completely remote. But the most important thing was that, yes, we can do remote design and engineering, but how can you remotely build anything? Yeah. And um, that became a major challenge. So we went to work, and that also gave us an opportunity to create 
and repurpose um, a scientific uh, way of handling viruses and uh, microbes and any air pollutant through uh, utilization of ozone, uh, which we had some interns working for us this summer and the prototypes were completed. And I'm happy to say we used the science and the design behind it to keep the company open and going at all times and bring our people back in so they can continue building what they had to. Um, so it has been a challenge, but all challenges always give birth to innovation. And, um, and um, I have to say that we survived it. But I don't think the pandemic is over yet because the post-pandemic that we're facing right now with a lot of the shortages of material that is absolutely required for what we are building and putting together is going to um, have an effect on um, all types of equipment and um, products that we need to have in our everyday life. So that's one. And um, the fact that I believe that it has affected a lot of people in the sense of finding, finding different values for their own life and lifestyle. Um, and not necessarily everything can be done remotely as much as it can be. Um, I have to say I am not a proponent of um, constantly looking at a screen and getting things done. I like things 3D. <laughs> I'm done with 2D. So, um, but, but it has definitely be a, has been very challenging. Yeah. It's given opportunities to a lot of other sectors, but in our sector, we really needed to stay hands-on and work, and we had to travel to locations where people had to produce and install our equipment because a lot of uh, companies needed to um, have their products delivered like the use of plastic which everybody wanted to ban in a year before yeah. 2019 there were just all kinds of bans going on 2020 once this happens shortly after that they realized we can't live without plastics packaging came back in double packaging triple packaging and those are the sectors we work with so so it has been a great opportunity to grow the business um, but it has had challenges um, more than anything else as far as personnel and people and talent that you really want to have on board and you don't. Yeah. Throughout this pandemic and all the various other social issues we've been experiencing, one of the things that's come to the forefront is an expectation for business leaders and for businesses to play a major role in broader social challenges. Um, I'd be curious to get your perspective on how you think business leaders and businesses should be contributing to this conversation about how we think about sustainability and the viability of our environment. I personally believe not because we are in the, um, in the business of getting rid of pollution, but I personally believe every single leader, every single business owner, every single um, company that produces anything that may harm the environment, whether it's in the air or the water system or um, our soil, has to take um, enough initiative and address the pollution they're creating. And if every person looks at it, if there was no money 
at um, no money of issue and there were no financial burdens, would you want to pollute the world you live in the way you do? So I think they, everyone needs to adopt a sustainability program, whether it's a household that you run all the way to a business or to a multi-billion dollar business because the more you do, the more you have the opportunity of polluting. So if you, if every person um, supports the idea of making sure that we do not harm the environment that we live in, um, I think collectively we should be able to even reverse it up to a point. I think we've done a lot of damage that we have not cleaned up after ourselves. So, and at the same time, we have to make sure we are not denying the existence of the problem. Yes. That's, one of the, that's one of the biggest issues because we have half of the world in denial and the other half that are trying to have a voice and making sure people understand that there is a problem. Yeah. So it's really clear from your answers that you think that businesses and business leaders have a role to play in this and that there's a responsibility there that they can they should lead around this particular issue around the environment um, absolutely i um in our conversations in the past i have always mentioned that we need to realize that there is no geographic boundary in the air we breathe and everything that a person does that a country does somewhere it'll eventually come around and affect us all like years ago, you could not fly into Los Angeles and be able to see a few feet in front of you. But now it's a lot better. And I like to think that we had major contribution to that. Um, Jeff Bezos yesterday, I believe, made an announcement that they were going to allocate $2 billion for sustainability and environmental um, issues at hand to make sure it is addressed and provide grants for um, companies that wanted to take advantage of it. So naturally, one of the leaders in the world with the um, platform that they have commits to this, it only opens up the possibility for the other ones to, to follow, follow yeah. the lead. So switching subject a little bit to you. Over the course of your career and really over the course of your life, what I know, if you, you've had many transitions, uh, both personal and professional many major ones. Uh, you've moved to different countries, you've moved from a company to an entrepreneur, you've been in an industry that certainly when you started it probably wasn't as in vogue as it is right now uh, in terms of the way we think about the environment. How have you managed that uh, as a leader and how have you managed it in, as, just as a person? Um, I, uh, I believe I was always fortunate enough to be given a voice when um, growing up and um, that's, that's when I really exercised my voice as much as possible to my father to be able to send me out of the country. Before the revolution of Iran took place, I was very young, about 14, when I came over and went to um, school because I wanted to follow my dream. Um, and he was very particular about places that you should go to. I said, no, America is the land of opportunity and where I really would like to go. And, um, and then after that, I, was, I did my schooling and everything in Colorado, eventually moved to California. Um, and I think I was perhaps a little different um, in the way I saw things and um, nothing really stopped me uh, that I had to, and I wanted to always follow my passion and dream. Um, studying something that there were not very, very many women in the field and eventually 
even going from the company I was working at, uh, where perhaps we were hired to meet a quota of women in the team, to being an entrepreneur and starting the business. Um, to this day, there are not very many women that do what I do um, in the field that I'm in, or a women CEO. I'm sure there are enge women engineers in, in different companies. So that, that sort of keeps the excitement going. Yeah. And I'm always uh, very intrigued by the way people look at me as a CEO of a company, you mean you're going to come in and tell me what to do? <laughs> that's the that's that's the attitude I get every now and then. Yeah. But once you start talking to them in technical terms and for them to really realize you you do know what you're talking about, yeah. um, I think they come around. So trans life is full of transitions, yeah. and I think we just have to be open to the idea of embracing it when it comes our way. And sometimes even the transitions and changes we face, as difficult as they may seem at the beginning, but they eventually turn out to be for the best. So I think we should just welcome it and let it, let it take its course, um, like, like the year we had. Uh, we really never thought we were going to even survive it, let alone be able to sit with people again because we didn't know what was um, coming down the pipeline. But transition is, transition is good, change is good. Thank you for sharing that. Last question. Uh, what advice would you give to our students uh, you know, as they think about being leaders in the future? What do you think they should be preparing themselves for? And how would you recommend they do that preparation? Very tough question because I believe, and this is just a personal belief, no scientific data of any kind behind it. I, I truly believe if people um, stay true to what um, is their passion and they use that as the main anchor and just follow that, um, and eventually they will become successful at whatever they do. Um, a lot of times I have an opportunity to um, work with a lot of young women that are trying to um, select their majors or do a particular study, I always um, encourage them to go into the STEM fields. I always encourage them, don't, don't shy away from thinking that this is a man's world. You could be just as good. Um, and don't ever compromise your, your principles and your beliefs. I think that's extremely important. You should compromise things in life, but your, your value system should never be compromised. And once you're true to yourself and what you believe and what you want to do and accomplish, then everything else would fall into place. Um, naturally, the leaders that we are um, grooming now, especially within the university environment, and all of our um, young generation, they have so much available to them compared to what we did years ago. So it's a much nicer platform. I just hope that they don't think they could do it all on their own in the isolation in the digital world. We do need to have everyone around us to be able to accomplish. No great things has ever been accomplished by a single man or a single woman for that matter. Um, but more than anything else, follow your passion. That's, that's, to me, is very important, and I do hope people take that advice. Well, certainly, I think they should take some confidence from the, your example that you set around following yours. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time today. We really appreciate 
hearing the words that you provide and sh you sharing your experience.